0: flyweight champion of the world
1: this is fast eddie chambers and you're listening to the box Hard podcast with my main man joey cosmo
2: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 287 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by, you know who it is, the former heavyweight world title challenger himself, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how we doing, my man? Well, I'm good, man.
1: Same same as always, man. Real good.
2: How you feeling? Always good when speaking with you. I'm excited for this week's show. Like we say, a couple guests um, that, we, that we'll get on to. Soon enough we'll do again review part, then the uh the, the first guest will come in. That guest will be a man that we'll be speaking about, I'm sure, in the review part, Mr. Jaron Ennis. And then of course we will, you know, begin part two with the news as ever, then the preview part, then the show will end on an interview with former um, IBF lightweight world champion, Ghana's very own Richard Comey. So before we get into all of that, like I say, let's dive into the review part one or two fights to mention, actually, um, over in Grozny, Russia. We're going to start over here. Um, weird, weird couple fights, really. Umar Salomov. 26 and 1 now a split decision over 10 rounds against Sergei Ekimov, who's now 18 and 3 um on the undercard as well this is a this is a crazy one i was talking about it last week Apti Davtayev 20 and 0 with a draw going in i think he had 19 k.o.s at one point he was supposed to take on Lucas Brown the fight fell through he got in there with a guy called Jack Malawi who had a record of nine and two with a draw going in? It was for the WBC Asian Boxing Council Continental Heavyweight Title. Anyway, Davtaev was was actually knocked out in round eight there, so he's lost his O. He's now 21 and one with a draw. Um, huge upset there if you're looking at the fight on paper. Moving out now to Kiev in Ukraine. One fight to mention over here: um, Zach Chelly. On the undercard. Um, British fighter, of course, a good fighter. He's now 10-1 and 1 with a draw. A knockout in the third round against Bodan Harkavy, who's now 4-3. and 3. Um, Weird one. Like I say, I love these weird fights. Um, and there's a few more to mention as well. Um, getting on to the bigger events now. The Copper Box Arena over here. Let's start with the undercard, I think. Um... Cash Farouk was able to beat Alexander Espinoza. Espinoza now twenty and three with two draws. Very, very tough. He showed a great chin, Espinoza, and I think he got stopped. I think in two or three rounds by Dixon Flores, who Cal Yafai wiped out in I think just one round. I expected Cash Farouk to get him out of there pretty quickly, but no, it didn't happen. It went to points. Um, And it was quite close, actually, their fight in the end. But yeah, unanimous decision over 10 there for Kash Farouk. Farouk, as well, was cut over both eyes and on his right cheek. That one was for the WBC international silver bantamweight title. Um, Farouk has now taken that away from uh, the champion there, Espinoza. Elsewhere on the card, Savannah Marshall with a nice and easy win. It looked like, anyway. She became the first lady to stop Maria Lindbergh, who, of course, came in on about four days' notice. Actually, um, you know, she's now 19 and seven with two draws. It was for Savannah's WBO female middleweight title. She's called out Clarissa Shields straight after the fight. That's a that's a fight we all we, we'd all love to see. Um, Elsewhere on the undercard, Shannon Courtney, now 7-1. and one. Um, She was able to beat, unanimously over 10 two-minute rounds, Ebony Bridges, who's now 5-1. and one. It was for the WBA World Female Bantamweight title, which of course was vacant. Um, Courtney was cut as well on the left side of her head. Bridges as well. Shocking. Um, I think it was her left eye It really swole up disgustingly. Um, it was a really good fight, actually. I've got to say, they're, they're already saying probably one of the best women's fights of all time, um, especially in the UK. Um, quite an easy fight to score. I felt I had it in the end, six four to Shannon Courtney. Bridges came, you know, with a lot of heart. She, she you know, she's got big legs, obviously, because she's got a history in in um, bodybuilding, and. I think it kind of helped her because she took a lot of flush shots really well. I think because she's got such big legs, it kind of keeps or kept her up, I should say. Um, Courtney, for me, got a little bit tired in the later round. She had to soak up a lot of pressure and Bridges was a lot better than I thought she was. But, you know, let's be honest, like I say, should never have been for a world title, especially when Rachel Ball was sat at home on the monitor watching the fight. You know, having having beaten Shannon Courtney before, and it's not like Rachel Ball herself is a world beater. I mean, her record's 7-1 and one with zero knockout wins. Um, I just want to see a rematch now, really, between Courtney and Rachel Bull. Um, like I say, terrible black eye for Bridges. I've got a feeling a lot of the middle-aged viewers probably turned the channel over at that point as well when she started to get beaten up. Uh, I think a lot of people, like I say, were watching that one for uh, for other reasons. But all in all, a really good fight in terms of the action on show. You know, it really was quite uh, quite entertaining. Um, The main event: Conor Ben, now eighteen and zero, a defence of his WBA Continental Welterweight title. He took out in just one round the usually teak tough Samuel Vargas, now thirty one and seven with two draws. Um, I've got to say, I was really, really impressed by Conor Ben. Um, he annihilated Vargas, never in my life did I see Ben doing that early in the fight. I was pretty, pretty much 100% sure it was going to go late. I said it on last week's show, if it goes late, it could be interesting. If Ben got drawn into a war, it could be even suicidal for him. But he smashed Vargas to pieces, um, no one's ever done that. You know he's he's honestly the most improved fighter from Britain in recent years, along with, for me, John Ryder. So shout out to that gym that that Tony Sims has put together. But yeah, I mean, if you if you get out the infamous measuring stick there, you talk about Conor Ben's win over Vargas, and you know you compare it to some of those guys that are much higher up the ladder, kind of thing. Uh, that that you know didn't do what he did. Like Vargas has been. Uh, seven rounds with Virgil Ortiz in the fight before that. He's been... Um, he's been seven rounds with Danny Garcia. He's 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 gone four with Errol Spence, you know. And what Conor Ben did there was just sensational for me. Even though it seems like Vargas is at the end of his career, perhaps it was still a huge statement. And I I really want to see Conor Ben in you know in and in an even bigger fight. And I think now I'd love to see him fight Josh Kelly. I'd love to see him fight David Evanescian. Um, I'd love to see a lot of fights for him. So. I really like him. I think you can't quite help yourself but be a fan. He's so down to earth. He doesn't read from the script. He speaks from, you know, from his heart. And I really like his fighting style now. It's like I said, it's really, really improved. And yeah, I really cannot wait to see what's next for Conor Ben. Moving out now to the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut, USA. Over here, this one, of course, was on Showtime. On the undercard, Jerwin um, Ancajas successfully defended his IBF World Superflyweight title. He was able to beat unanimously over 12, Jonathan Rodriguez. He had him down in round 8 as well. Um, but yeah, Rodriguez now 22-2 and a good win there for Jerwin Ancajas. Elsewhere on the card, Evan Holyfield now 6-0. and A unanimous decision over four rounds against Nicholas Compton, who's now 2-4. and Moving up the card, Imantas you um Stanionis is now 13-0. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He was able to beat unanimously over 12 rounds Thomas Delorme, who's now 25-5 and with a draw. And the main event, Jaron Ennis, will be speaking to him very, very shortly. He's now 27-0, a KO in the sixth round against Sergei Lipanets, the former 140 world champion. He's now 16-2 and with a draw. Lipinets down in the fourth round. And then, of course, in the sixth and final round, Um, I mean, (laughs) extremely impressive from Ennis, of course. Um, you know, his punch output, his jab, his speed, and just his accuracy, not to mention the size, I think, made him look On a completely different level to Ennis, Uh, sorry to Lipanets. Lipanets as well looked quite flat-footed and slow. Lipanets, like I say, was down in the fourth, but the replay revealed it was actually more of a trip. I felt, Um, but anyway, a 10-8 round, incorrectly or correctly, it doesn't really matter in the in the end. Um, Ennis, like we say, got the knockout in the sixth round. It was a right hook followed by like a kind of left. Uppercut slash hook. It was like an upper hook. I'm going to call it. Uh, Lipanets fell flat on his back, and the referee waved it off. Um, you know, he he makes a statement there massively. Um, it was a big step up in terms of his previous um, opposition, and he's done something that Mikey Garcia couldn't do. Um, I look forward to the next big step up. I'd love to see him in with someone like a Danny Garcia. The commentators spoke after the the fight. Um, about that fight as well and I think it's a fight that you brought up last week Eddie perhaps a Danny Garcia fight Al Bernstein was discussing that so maybe he's been listening to the podcast who knows but um, anyway the only way is up now for Ennis um, that's what he said as well and I cannot wait to see him in with a big name next you know he's he's not really learning anything against some of the other guys on his record but I think this one here you know he'll learn a lot from that and he will improve if it's, I want to say, if it's possible, of course it's possible. He can improve. He, he's going to get better and better. But the prospect is 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 scary. What, what you know? Where is his ceiling? Where can he go? He looks unbelievable. Eddie, I'm sure you were also thoroughly impressed.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. I I, I look and see him. He just doesn't. He doesn't like. He has any holes. You know, it's hard to tell about you know the adversity and everything. Him going through adversity because I haven't seen him go through it. And even with a guy like Sergey Lipanets who is one of the top guys in the division, the division definitely a top 10 guy. Uh, took Mikey, you know, all the way, you know, he was dropped by him, but he wasn't put out and the kid and the kid was hitting Mikey and he was just, you know what I mean? The guy is, 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 is a tough, tough guy. He's not just somebody that uh, a normal guy could blow away. Even a high level guy could blow away. So when you look at how good and, and what Ennis did as far as taking care of him and getting him out of there in, in style, it's just like it's really scary for 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 all of them, for everyone. That's that includes Crawford, Spence, everyone that's up there should definitely really really be paying attention, close attention to the future of this kid because I feel like at this point just seeing just that just that's all I really needed to see. I still haven't I still want to see him go through some adversity. I don't want to say that he's just gonna blow these guys away because I don't think that's the way it's gonna happen, but. If you match him up with Terrence Crawford, I think he has more than Terrence Crawford. I think he has more speed. I think he's oh, That's a big um, shout. I, that is, but no, that's. I think that's. I think that's a legit thing. I think he has more speed for sure. And I think his seamless transition from orthodox to southpaw in the middle, in the midst of combinations, and just his defensive ability to you know to roll with shots to to even at his size being able to fight inside, throwing multiple big combinations he and, and it's just like i don't think even with earl spence if you look at spence and normally spence when he fights guys he out punches them their punch output drops and his rises you know what i'm saying and that's what really puts spence on that level uh more so than even his power you know it's his pressure in his in his in his punch output and i, I just don't see him being able to do that with Ennis. he punches too hard he's too fast he's too rangy He can fight inside. He can fight outside. The only thing that we have to see, and that remains to be seen, is how he takes a shot. Uh, i seen Sergey Lippines land a good shot in the fight, but he kind of rolled with it. And he took it well, but he rolled with it. You know what I mean? So, and, I mean, I hope for, you know, I hope I never see him have to take a shot, but the reality is this is boxing. Everybody gets hit no matter what. And when you get in there with those top guys like Crawford, Spence, and, and Garcia, like th- those kind of guys up there, you're you're going to get hit. So it's just a matter of how he deals with it. You know what I mean? And that's the only thing that I really think, and I'm and I'm trying to be as honest as I can, and I'm not trying to say, oh, he's the best ever or, and all that right now. But what I am saying is he has all the capabilities of doing what Floyd did as long as he stays in control. Of 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 his of his of his life, he doesn't get too ahead of himself. You know what I'm saying? He's, he he loves the gym, he loves the train. You know what I mean? From what I understand, uh, he's definitely a workhorse, and he he's getting better all the time. I just really don't see a lot of things that these guys can do. They're not big enough. You know what I'm saying? Maybe with the exception of uh, uh, Spence, but then I just don't think he's he's going to be fast enough. And I don't think his punch output is going to be enough. I mean, this is me looking at it, on, I don't even want to say on paper, but just looking at it from a fan's point of view. And I'm just like, man, this kid is really, really, really special. And I mean, like, he really has ability that, like, it's, it's like you you beg for, you get on your knees and beg, pray to God, and you still can't get shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, this guy is truly, truly, truly the limit for him. It's just he got to stay invested. He got. He got to. He got to. He also has to stay grounded and not get too excited about how good he is over these guys. You know what I'm saying? Because it only takes one, and then everything else is. You know, and everything disappears. So as long as he stays grounded, keeps his head. You know, is, is, keeps his focus. He's going to get far. Very far.
2: Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you've said there, Eddie. Um, you know, really impressive. Moving out now, though, to the Osage or Osage Casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Over here, the final card to mention on the undercard, friend of the show, heavyweight Jared Anderson. He was pictured in the dressing room with a chef's hat on before the fight. I think he also had it on in the ring after the knockout. He was able to move to 9-0 and with nine KOs. It took him just two rounds to get rid of Jeremiah Carpensi. Um... Carpenti was down in the first round as well as the second. And, you know, he's the quickest man to have stopped him. Quicker than Sergei Kuzmin and quicker than Oscar Rivas. So that's good stuff for friend of the show. Uh, the real big baby, Jared Anderson. Uh, elsewhere on the card, we should now mention um, Efia Jagba picking up a win. And I tell you what, I'm not sure if you saw this knockout, Eddie. Did you see it? Oh, boy.
1: Oh, uh, man. I, honestly, I did. It was nasty. It was a nasty knockout. It definitely was. I got to give him credit. <laughs> he, he caught him with an ugly shot. But, you know, that's you know, that's the boxing. And if you and, and I've seen the guy. And this is why, like, when you look at Floyd, you'd be like, man, Floyd getting a lot of people knocked out. <laughs> because And I remember the great uh, brother, Nazem Richardson, always said, Floyd's going to get a lot of people knocked out using that shoulder rule. Because a lot of people try to fight with the defense, with the, with the left hand down, shoulder up. And it's just not for everybody, especially if you're not elite, man, at it and i think that's what happened and he got caught cold with that right hand. Whew! and he fell and you can tell he was out because he didn't fall and find a way to comfortably lay there. He laid there just how he fell. And it was like wow. It was, it was it was a hell of a shot. Hell of a shot.
2: Absolutely it was. Yeah, and that for me is one of the best knockouts so far of this year. Um, a great knockout win for FA Jagbar even though uh, you know brian howard is forty years of age now but um yeah brilliant knockout win for the for the nigerian um elsewhere on the card I think we're now on to the main event yeah we 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 hoped it would happen um it it did happen joe smith junior now the WBO world light heavyweight champion um his record now 27 and three Maxim Vlasov now 45 and 4 um, I've got to be honest, I wasn't really scoring the fight. I was kind of watching it in the background. It clashed with another fight. But it looked to me that Vlasov's kind of in-your-face style, whilst also being incredibly mobile and using great upper body movement, seemed to cause Smith a lot of problems. You know, he took a lot of big shots early on. Um, Smith came back strong in the last couple rounds. There was a bad referee error as well in the in the 11th round. Um, I felt it, it possibly robbed Joe Smith of a knockout, um, you know, because I think Joe Smith hit him behind the head, and the referee gave the guy so much time. You had uh, Joe Guardia from Star Boxing uh, running around the ring, going crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, I I thought he could have possibly got him out of there because Vlasov was was spent at that point, man. And then um, yeah, you know, in, into the twelfth round. Um, You know, Joe Smith tried to put it all on Vlasov, but Vlasov just had a little bit too much in the tank to get stopped. Um, It would have been wrong of me, and it it, it is wrong of me to say who I thought won the fight, because like I said, I wasn't really watching it with full concentration. But from what I did see, it looked to me like Vlasov was probably getting the better of it, but I'm a massive Smith Jr. fan that, you know, I'm just over the moon for him, and I'd love to see him fight uh, Britain's very own Callum Johnson. But... Whatever, I'm I'm pleased for Joe Smith Jr. Man, really am. Um, we're gonna move on from that. That's it though for the review part of the show. Just before we wrap up part one, it is time to speak to that man that we spoke about a few minutes ago, Mister Jaron Ennis. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated welterweight tip to take over the division. It is, of course, Mister Jaron Ennis. Jaron, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh,
0: what's up, man? Thank you very much.
2: Hey, it's my pleasure, it really is. So, Jerome, first things first, you're fresh off your win on the weekend over former 140 World Champion, Sergei Lipanets. It was on TV real late over here, but of course I made sure I had to stay up for the fight. You must have been proud of your performance, man. Tell me about the fight. Amazing. Uh,
0: It was a great fight. I feel like I I did did good, you know, I had fun. I did what I was supposed to do, you know. And that's come home victorious and, and, and you know, made a big statement. Yeah,
2: you certainly did. You became the first man to stop Lipponets. You did something a great fighter like Mikey Garcia didn't do. Um, I think, Jerome that this win certainly shows that the power you possess definitely is real. Is that fair to say?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you can say that. But, I mean, we know the power real, but they don't. Because <laughs> exactly. they're not in the ring. So, you know, but... Uh, yeah, I definitely feel like they, they 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 starting to really see and understand that, um, that I really good like points.
2: Yeah, I think they believe it now. Um, I've got to ask you on that's surely got to be your most favorite win out of all your out of out of all your pro fights, surely.
0: Um, I'm not sure yet because I didn't watch it. I need to. I'm, I'm gonna watch it uh, tonight and you know look back on and see how I performed and stuff like that. But yeah, that was definitely my best win. So far, a great win
2: for me. So. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, you've been a guy on pretty much every hardcore boxing fan's watch list for a number of years now. You've kept winning and winning. Um, I really feel like this, this win is a breakout win for you. However, I personally wanted to see the fight go into the second half because you've still not gone past six. Um, do you feel that you can still be as fluent in terms of everything—the punch power, the movement, the switch hitting? Can you do that for twelve rounds? When are we going to see you do it?
0: <laughs> um, that's, I guess you know that's, if the guys can get past you know those the sixth round, but uh, like I, I was just in there having fun, you know, uh, putting on a show. I feel like I could have stopped um say during in the third round, but I backed off and uh, you know just you know started uh, picking my shots a little more, you know. And the goal was to uh, put on a punishing performance and then get the knockoff. So that's exactly what I did. But as you you see, I I stand up uh, in between rounds. I don't sit down. I don't get tired. I train four-minute rounds, so there's no need for me to sit down. So uh, that's why I I just, you know, stand up, and we only fight in three minutes. So, you know, I'll be in the best shape. And that's, a,
2: that's, you know, like I said, that was a great win. Uh, it, you know, you you, you you broke him down. It was clinical. You got him out of there. Ideally, Jaron, how soon do you want to be out again, fighting again?
0: Um, maybe, uh, uh, like, end of July or August, beginning of August. July August. Uh, it's okay. cool with me.
2: And, of course, I don't need to tell you this, but the welterweight division is probably the most stacked division in boxing. Um, it has... You know, huge names over huge names. Is there anyone that's that's on your radar?
0: On um, uh, what's division? Definitely is. Uh, you know, the, I think it's the best division right now, and, and has uh, all you know the high quality guys and top guys. But um, I just want I want you know be great, and I want uh, you know be a world champion. So any of the world champions, uh, any top three guys, it's, it's, you know, it's only up. I want you know I want the big the big names. And I gotta work my way towards it, so that's what I'm doing.
2: And of course, people have been mentioning an all Philly showdown between yourself and Danny Garcia. I don't want to put any names in your mouth. Is that a fight that interests you, or do you not really gain much from a fight against a guy like Danny?
0: I mean, uh, Danny a great fighter, you know. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, if it, it presents itself, you know, I'll take it. But um, yeah, yeah, a yeah, great fighter, uh, you know. He fought a lot of guys. Uh, but I think then we see he won the fifty four, so I, I doubt that probably had that.
2: Okay, okay. And another thing that unfortunately we probably have to doubt happening is uh Spence Crawford. It looks like it's not gonna end up happening. But if it did end up happening, Jerome I'm sure you'd wanna watch the fight as a fan. Who do you think would win that one, man? Um
0: I, I think that I think it's gonna happen, but I think it's gonna happen in like twenty twenty two. Like the end of like the beginning of twenty twenty two. Or, or I think it's gonna happen at 154. If they do fight, but um, I don't know. It's uh, 50-50 fight. May uh, the best man win.
2: Okay and again jeron if if we're being completely honest here um how far away from that level do you see yourself i understand obviously you just had a big step up on the weekend i understand how the game works i'm sure you feel you can hang with these guys right now but when is the sensible time i'm going to say the sensible time to go after one of those one of those two top guys
0: um like like i said before i'm ready now um and Uh, you guys will see it's only a matter of time but um i feel like i i I think i'm gonna get my shot at the end of the year hopefully and that's the goal
2: and i want to ask you as well talking of your goals jerron what is your actual end goal in boxing is it just to become a world champion is it to become a an undisputed world champion, a multi-weight world champion, or do you kind of have one goal at a time, and then you get a new goal once you smash that one? How how does your goal, uh, your goal plan work?
0: Um, my goal is to you know uh, for all the best fighters, you know, be a multi undisputed, you know, weight uh, division champion. I'm, I'm trying to go up to like 68, and you know that's about it. So it'd be like a four a four time multi, you know, undisputed division champion. I am going to be. The, I don't think nobody did that. I want to be the first person
2: to do that. All the way to 68. I didn't think you'd say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. And I want to ask you this question as well, Jaron. A lot of the guys listening here from the UK like to hear the answer to this question here, putting you on the spot a little bit. Who comes to mind if I ask you, who's your favorite UK fighter? Any era. It can be a guy retired 100 years ago if you want. It can be a guy still boxing today. Who jumps to mind, my friend? Mm-hmm.
3: UK
0: uh I'm gonna say uh Prince Nassim.
2: Okay. Prince Nassim, yeah. The <laughs> most popular answer. Everyone hey, says am,
0: that man <laughs> Am I missing somebody? it, it feel like I feel like I'm missing somebody when I hang up on my like, oh, I should have said him I f somebody else out there that I, I mean, Prince Nassim, Ricky Hayes uh big Greek fighters, um well, Um yeah, that's all I know right now. Yeah, no, that's... that's, yeah, that's as, a... as, I, as, as soon as I hang up, I'm going to have a whole bunch more uh, people for you.
2: <laughs> no, but Prince Nassim is is probably the most popular... Well, it is the most popular one, so everyone loves the same. Um, and just finally before we wrap it up Geron, if you've got any closing words just to tell the listeners especially uh, the guys in the UK like I say everyone is now starting to get on you know on board they're starting to get behind you now and support you uh, what's your message to, to the guys that support you over here and, and let them know where to follow you on social media platforms
0: um, uh, follow me at uh, Geron Ennis on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook everything the same. Uh, just, you know, c- continue to keep supporting me, y'all. Uh, um, hopefully, you know, i come over there and fight, uh, you know, once or twice, you know. And uh, that would be a dream come true and, you know, continue to follow, follow this journey on the way to a World Title Championship.
2: Absolutely. Brilliant words, my friend. Listen, John, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you, my man. Congrats once again on the win on the weekend. And I cannot wait to see you box again.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you for having me.
2: Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. What do we have? What do we have? Um, Jay Harris, former um, world title challenger, he returns to action on May the 14th. It's going to be, of course, on an MTK global show. It's going to be in Bolton. He takes on Ricardo Sandoval. So that one, like I say... Once again it's May 14th. It's a Friday night there. Um it's a final eliminator as well for the for the IBF flyweight world title. So that should be interesting. The winner will, will get a will get a shot there. Um and what's interesting about that, by the way, is the winner gets a shot of the IBF champion, like I say, which is at the minute uh the, the South African who's defending against Sonny Edwards. So that could be great. Imagine if Sonny Edwards was to win that and Jay Harris were to win that. We'd get uh, Sonny Edwards and Jay Harris in a fight. I'd love to see that one. Um, the other piece of news is that Blair Cobb's friend of the show, he returns to the ring um, on April 23rd in El Paso, Texas. I'm not quite sure he's... A, he's um, Opponent's been announced just yet, but all the best to him. Moving on now to the preview part of the show. This one is a weird one, um, Eddie. And I don't like to throw shade on women's boxing because I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of women's boxing. I, I pump it up as much as I can. But this is, this yeah. is a bit crazy. We've got Hannah Gabriel's Eddie, who. Yeah. Who's been in there with Clarissa Shield? She's been a world champion herself, but you know she had the big fight with Clarissa. She dropped Clarissa, but she ended up losing. Um, in her last fight, she weighed in at hundred and fifty pounds and she's five foot seven, okay so she's fighting. This is weird. She's fighting over 10 two minute rounds in Costa Rica against a lady called Martha Gaitan, who is 11 and 9. Now this is where it's weird. It's for the vacant WBA light heavyweight world title and the vacant WBC heavyweight title. So they're boxing what? for a light heavyweight and a heavyweight world title, and like I say, one of the ladies, Hannah Gabriel, is five foot seven. She last weighed in at one fifty. I think the fight's being made at one six eight, but it's 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 just you know she, the winner's going to become a heavyweight world champion despite not weighing anything near heavyweight. It's just it's a shame, you know. It's yep. just they don't have the depth there, you know. That is so strange. Like I yeah. can't, I can't even think of anything like that I've ever heard. Now, it's you know, like, it's, it's I really... tell you, let me just quickly say, Eddie, before you say that, um, Javante Davis, when he fought Leo, Leo Santa Cruz, we know that one was for the lightweight and super featherweight world titles, so one thirty 130 and one thirty-five, and that was frowned upon. But this is like, this is like, hold my beer, you know? It's crazy. Light heavyweight and heavyweight world titles on the line for ladies that are not light heavy. It's just crazy yeah it's I man you know it's, it's it's boxing
1: it's you <laughs> know sometimes uh, you know that makes it, it, enough, right? that it makes it
2: good enough that makes it good enough it's boxing
1: <laughs> and you know why you say that you know why you say that because there's so many times that you see things like this happen you know how how fighters get fights and it's, it doesn't seem like they fought anyone in years and all of a sudden they're rated number one in the WBC or WBA and they're fighting the champion that held the belt for like three years, even though he didn't have no defenses. It's like, what? Like, don't you strip people if you don't defend the title? Like what? But it's just, that's it. And how did this guy is just, that's boxing. It's so, it's so much more business oriented now than ever before that there's so there's, there's fighters that will never have to fight the best. You know what I mean? So it's 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 annoying, man.
2: Talking of bizarre rankings, I'm going to let you know Eddie that someone has been inserted into the number 5 spot at middleweight. And that someone is Sergio Martinez. Very controversially has got himself to number 5 without really fighting anyone of any note in his in his makeshift comeback. But that's a, that's another story for another day. That that is that is crazy. Um,
1: that doesn't surprise me, Joe. Like I said, it doesn't surprise me at all.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. That's why they call it the, uh, the theater of the unexpected. Um, on the undercard in Costa Rica, by the way, going back to Hannah Gabriels against Martha Gaetan, uh, we've got Encarnacion Diaz, who's 7-1 in an eight-rounder against friend of the show, Dennis Duglin. All the best to Dennis Duglin coming off that loss to Amo Williams. Uh, Dennis Duglin now 22-8. and eight. He uh, needs a to win to, to jump back in. Moving out now to Germany. This is a great one, Eddie. You're going to like this. Um, heavyweight Mark Domori, 38-2 and two, with two draws. He returns to the ring in a six-rounder against a guy called Laszlo Toff, who's 21-20. and 20. Now, what I like is that, firstly, Mark Domori is a friend of the show. All the best to him. Hi. However, this is the third opponent in a row who has the first name Laszlo. So either he's just got something against people called Laszlo or they just really have no other names in their phone book. I'm, imagine going through your phone book to find a guy to make a fight. You just type in L, Laszlo, Laszlo. We just go through all the L's. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> <I can't remember. laughs> He's got something against Lazlo's I think. But hopefully he wins. He's hes a nice guy, Mark DeMori. Um I remember... He said one of the most brutal things on this show back in the day. I had him on before he boxed David Hay. and I remember saying, "Oh, there's rumors, there's rumors uh, Mark that, you know, David Hay, he's had this shoulder surgery. There's rumors that his his shoulder is in in really bad shape and he basically can't throw a punch properly and all this stuff." And um, he told me, "Yeah, if I if I have to, I'll target that shoulder. I'll smash it to pieces." I was thinking, "Damn, that's quite graphic." And then, of course, the fight the fight happened, and and uh, David Hay, um, you know, laid him out badly, badly, quite quite scarily actually. And they put the oxygen mask on him and all that. But all the best to.
3: All the Good best straight. to Mark Demore. Now
2: I've got to ask you this, Eddie. Um, there's there was a segment that we used to do back up back in the day on this podcast, and um, it used to be called the funny named fighter segment. So if I ever came across a really funny name, um, <laughs> I would I would say the name. And we haven't done it for ages, so a lot of people that's probably listening don't even remember this segment being a thing. But some of the people that's been listening for years. There's there's some great names that we've had over the years, and I've come across one, and it's been a long time. And I want to ask you this, Eddie, because, again, we always have this kind of slight language barrier because we use words over here that you guys don't use, and you use words over there that we don't use. But some... You know, like, when you're a kid, like, you don't want to... Uh, I've got to really be careful how I word this. Hmm. <laughs> so, if a, if a kid does a number two what do you call Uh. that because you don't want to stop putting like disgusting words in a in a child's mouth what do you what's it like nickname slang for that for that over there poop okay crap (laughs) do you say do because over here they say sometimes they say doo-doo do you say that
1: yeah we say that too
2: yeah okay absolutely that is what i needed to hear so Get ready for this. There's a guy fighting in Ghana on Saturday, and this guy's name, Eddie. I'm yeah. going to give you his record first. His record is zero and one. That's that's the that's a great a great part of of, of what's going on. The guy's name. You ready for this, Eddie? Yeah. Marvelous doodoo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Marvelous, marvelous doo doo. Wait, but is doo doo his actual name?
2: Yes. Oh, Lord have mercy. That's his surname, doo doo. That is his marvelous doo doo. Yeah, you
1: you can't write this. You can't write it. Nobody's going to ever say marvelous doo doo. No one. No one's ever said it. No, that that, that name is just like, it's like, look, I ain't trying to throw shade at his name. It's his name. If that's how you know. That's his family name too, which is crazy. But, <laughs> Dudu, like, of all the names, that sounds. I feel like Dudu is Dudu. That's in every language. That's what that means. So when <laughs> I think, like, oh so, when you you're African, you say, "Oh, you gotta go take a," you know, I don't know how they say it in in, in African, but. I mean uh, that that sounded really, really, really bad, but I don't know how they say, you know, in, in whatever language they in have. Ghanaian,
2: yeah, Ghanaian. Ghanaian.
1: name uh, in Ghanaian, exactly. And his last name is actually Doo-Doo. Like and, and I
2: guess, you know, look at his record. He his fight game must be doo doo too. I mean the I thing is what I what I love and I'm not trying I'm really, really not trying to make this even more funny than it than it than it is, but i'm gonna have to swear here so i'm announcing that one if anyone's listening with children around turn the volume down or get ready brace yourselves but you know his name's marvelous doodoo eddie but that's another way of saying good shit yes (laughs) you know
1: that's like seriously like that's like that's exactly what i was thinking when you said it man that was a marvelous (laughs) doodoo I hope I don't start making that. Like, there's actually a dude with that name. And he's like, yo, every time I go to the bathroom, you know, you get up, you feel real refreshed. Man, that was a marvelous dude, dude. Right there. Like, oh, that, whoa. That is so.
2: I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and drop that into my vocabulary uh, every now and then. That'll be, uh,
1: that guy's like, if he ever listens to this podcast and hears this, he's going to be like, but that's my name. You know I'm going to be pissed off like, yo. What
2: you going I, I can't Hey, look, I didn't I didn't name you Marvelous Dudo. Well, I don't know. It checked. might it might give him the motivation to win a fight. Yeah. Or to find a way to change his name or something. <laughs> anyway moving on from that it's it's been a crazy part two we spoke to jaron ennis in in part one and we have started part two speaking about women weighing 150 pounds that are fighting for world titles at heavyweight and we're talking about doo-doo moving on moving on moving on rapidly um to the bolton whites hotel over here a good show put on by mtk um Couple good fights actually. Lewis Edmondson four and 0 He takes on Luke Blackledge twenty six and nine with two draws. Blackledge really, really is past his best, but still, it's a it's a big name for a guy just four and and0 Also on the card, Joe Ham sixteen and two takes on Jack Bateson. Uh, Jack Bateson, I'm pretty sure he was in. I don't know if it was. Uh, if it, if it was the 2012 Olympic... No, it's got to be the 2016 Olympic Games. I'm sure he went to the Olympics, Jack Bateson. But anyway, he was a good amateur. And he has done all of his pro journey on really small hall shows. And this is like the big fight, you know. Like, he's he's been a pro for... If it was from 2016 that he turned over around about that time, he's been a pro for five years. And, and it's it's been quite a stop-start career. It hasn't had much momentum He's supposed to be really good, but no one's really been watching him. So, this is the fight, you know. This is the fight that that we've been waiting on for five years, and it's against Joe Ham. Like I say, sixteen and two over eight rounds. I will be tuning in for that one. Also on the card, Dan Aziz over ten rounds for the English Light Heavyweight title takes on Ricky Summers, who's seventeen and two with a draw. Again, a, a um a good fight. Um, it's quite intelligent matchmaking, I think there. Uh, for Dan Aziz on, on his behalf. Um, I quite like that fight. I think he, he he probably beats Ricky Summers, but could be interesting. Um, and the main event, a really, really, really tough fight. Danny Dignam, 13-0, and takes on Andre Sorokin, who's 19-1. and um, I'm sure he's a Southpaw. I can't remember 100%. Actually, I... Don't know if he is. Anyway, I remember being there ringside when he boxed John Ryder in, in his one loss. And he was beating John Ryder, if I remember correctly, till John Ryder managed to stop him, I think by a body shot. So uh, that one's for the WBO European middleweight title. That is a huge step up for Danny Dignam. Um, I, I, I'm guessing he probably didn't even need to fight this guy. But um, they believe in him, so this is a big, big fight for him. Hopefully, he comes through it. Elsewhere, moving out now to the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. Um, over here, we have on the undercard a few prospects. We've got um, Majidov against Andre Fedosov. That should be quite good. Majidov three and zero. Fedosov thirty one um, and three. Who has Fedosov boxed before? I've definitely seen that name. I'm getting him confused with. Um, I think there's a guy called Feder Tov. Um oh yeah, he lost uh he's he's got three losses, like I say, his record uh 31 and 3, 25 KOs, but um his last loss was to Bryant Jennings back in 2013. Um his loss before that came in 2010 to Lance Whitaker. He actually turned pro this guy in, in 2003. so he's I'm not sure how old he is, but he's he must be up there in age. Uh, Also on the card, we've got Carlos Gongora, 19-0 against Christopher Pearson, 17-2. Ofer Jones, the third as well on the undercard. But the main event, Demetrius Andre, 29-0. Boo Boo, friend of the show, takes on another friend of the show. Walsh's very own Liam Williams now 23-2 with a draw. It's for the WBO world middleweight title. Williams, obviously, those two losses come into Liam Smith but since then he's moved to the Ingle Gym. He's turned into a machine, to be honest. Um, they've got the common opponent in Alontes Fox, a really good friend of mine and it pains me to say it because I've got to use him when comparing the the, the two wins. Obviously, Andre was able to beat Fox on points and I think Fox had um, tore like his shoulder or tore his bicep or something. Like He had a, a bad injury. I think it was a shoulder injury. And he took it into that fight and he went in the distance. Whereas he got in there with Liam Williams and Liam Williams steamrolled him, to be to be completely honest. So, you know, you can read into that and you can read into it too much, which I don't want anyone to do. But, you know, it has to be mentioned, especially when all three guys are guys that have been on this podcast before. Um I I I really like Demetrius Andrade. I always have liked him. Uh, Liam Williams being a Brit, I'd like to see him win a world title. I just kind of wish it wasn't against Andrade. But I tell you this, I remember speaking about this fight um, when I was out there in the states. I spoke to um, you know a couple of uh, you know like Johnny and, and people like that that was that was around on on that on that day of the. The, the, the event we went to, where Jer- where Jaron Ennis fought on the card, but um, yeah, no one seems to really be giving Liam Williams a chance stateside. Um, I I think they're in for a rude awakening. I think it's definitely going to be exciting. He's so strong. He seems like he really punches hard, and um, you know, I, I, I I'm not. I'm not believing in the hype. Like, I think a lot of guys over here in Britain are believing that he's going to steamroll Andrade. That is simply not going to happen. Um, no way in the world can that happen. Uh, I'd be stunned. I don't want to say no way in the world can it happen. We've, we've, we've been speaking about marvellous doo-doo for, for a few minutes there. Anything can happen in boxing. But, Demetrius Andrade, very, very, very good fighter. Fundamentals down to a T. I don't think he does anything sensational, but the basics, he does them... Exceptionally, um, and I think I favor Andrade. I have to, you have to favor Andrade if we're being honest here, but um, yeah, you cannot write Liam Williams off because he is coming to bring it, and this is a fight he's wanted for a long, long time. Um, Eddie, I don't want to spend too long if you don't really know much about Williams or haven't seen him fight, so if if you haven't, we'll just move on.
1: Well, I haven't really seen much of Williams at all, I just Obviously, I've seen uh, Demetrius Andre uh, a pretty good amount, but yeah. yeah, I don't know much about Liam, uh, Liam Williams. But okay. we'll be interested to find out. And I think I'm going to have to do my research because I want to see this fight.
2: Yeah, tune in. It's, it's going to be on the zone. Um, yeah, so definitely tune into that one. And the final card to mention takes place at the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, USA. Over here on the undercard, he was on last week, the multi-millionaire entrepreneur-turned-boxer. 8-0 and on paper with 8 KOs. There is one fight that's not on his record where it went to, to points. He hasn't been in the ring for just over three years. Joe Fournier, um, he's in a six-rounder against uh, this guy who is a reggaeton musician, um, from Colombia called Ray Con, and I'm still kind of learning a little bit about the guy. I'd never heard of him, but um, Ray Con is is fighting. He's he's you know he has no no background in boxing, but that's on the undercard. It is a bit of a circus, um, circus card. Uh, Steve Cunningham looking for win number thirty. He has a record of twenty nine and nine with a draw. He's in an eight rounder against UFC veteran making his pro. Boxing debut, Frank Mir. Um, (laughs) On the undercard as well, Lorenzo Simpson, a solid prospect. 9-0 in an 8-rounder against Francisco Torres, who's 16-3. Regis Progre, friend of the show, 25-1 in a 10-rounder against Ivan Redcatch, who's 23-5 with a draw. Um, And the main event, obviously, I'm not even sure why I left it till last. um, Jake Paul, 2-0 against uh, Ben Askren, another uh, UFC Uh, veteran or whatever I don't watch UFC so I'm not I'm not too sure that's over eight rounds there Uh, that one by the way is on Triller I've got absolutely no breakdown for those those um, those some of those quote-unquote big fights on that card there but it is a circus card and I'll be streaming it uh, by hook or by crook so that is that that is the preview part we've done the review part we brought in jaron ennis we did the news we did the funny name fighter segment which hasn't been on the show for a couple of years i don't think then we did the preview part just there the final thing to do is to welcome our second and final guest on this week's podcast ladies and gentlemen please welcome the former ibf lightweight champion of the world it is of course mr richard comey richard welcome to the show my friend thank you very much how are you doing very well my friend I'm, I'm I'm really pleased to be joined by you so richard you've you've never been on uh, the the show before. I want to start by saying I'm a massive fan of yourself. Um, I've consistently, you know, been banging and beating the drum for Richard Comey simply because I remember those two losses to to Robert Easter Jr. and Denis Shafakov, the split decision losses, very controversial, a long way away from Ghana. In my eyes, I feel like you probably still deserve to be undefeated after those two. Um, a lot of people kind of lose interest because of bad decisions from the judges bad scorecards is that fair to say was there a period that people kind of stopped taking interest for a little while unfairly
3: yeah i think i think uh i think so but you know i mean i think yeah that's the main reason why a lot of people i mean the promoter lost interest but you know i believe in myself and uh street managed by uh, michael i am going to be there i could believe in and um now, after all those fights, that, that's we lost it. People came to me and they always said, like, Richie, man, we know you win this fight regardless of what the did have said we've seen, and we know you won the fight. So, you know, that really gave me the motivation that to keep on keeping in order to lose hope. And one day my time will come, and it definitely come, and, you know, I become a world champion
2: absolutely, and you've always been an exciting fighter, you've always been a man who can turn someone's lights out with one punch um, I want to talk about that night you mentioned there, February the 2nd 2019 in Texas against Issa mm-hmm. Shanaev tell me about that fight and yeah. what it what it meant to you and your country to become a world champion, Richard
3: Ah man, it, it means so great to me, and you know um, due to the experience I got with uh, Robert Issa Jr. and uh, and Shevikov, you know, in the camp, once, when uh, everything was signed and saw the fight, I know it's happening, you know, I said to myself, I said to myself, there's no way I'm going to let what happened with Robesa uh, well, Junior and Shevikov happen again. So I was really killing myself, giving my heart and listening to my corner. And obviously, you know what I mean? They told me, you know, I listened to the instruction at the corner. So, you know, I went in there, I know for sure, it's a Shaneev, he might do his but at the back of my mind, I knew once I get a chance, there's no way this fight is going to travel because I don't want it to repeat itself again, you know, lost on a split decision. So, you know, second round after winning the fight, coming back home, just like a president, you know, what I mean, like a newly elected president, you know, what I mean, you know, everyone was really, really happy, and you know, what I mean, you should see the massive crowd that followed me from the airport. That way at the airport, and you know, I mean, it's unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I remember seeing the the pictures and the videos. It looked amazing. Um, I, I'm going to say this as well. A lot of African fighters don't seem to get big chances for whatever reason. They never have easy careers. Does that make it even That's more right. special to to become a world champion, Richard?
3: Yeah, it makes me... Like, yeah, I mean, it's part of the reason why like we're more special because, you know what I mean, it's hard, like, we're you not know, giving... Um, uh, the same uh, uh, opportunities that a lot of people get. And, you know, we have to work twice as hard as they do, you know what I mean? And when we get opportunity also, you know what I mean, we don't, we don't get, like, we're we not fairly treated, and it's hard for us. So, you know what I mean, once we get a chance, we always try to give our all, you know what I mean, to be there for a very long time. And thank you to God, I got a manager, someone like Michael Amubediak, who really started with me. And also, got a kick. And you know what I mean, my team that I train with you now, they love me and I love them. I love working with them. So, you know, what I mean, it makes, it makes me want to always give more back to these people, you know what I mean? Because they always look up to me.
2: Yeah, that's a beautiful thing, yeah. man. And and obviously, your first defense of the title, I just want to touch on that. You, you boxed Raimundo Beltran, obviously, a tough guy. Um, he can punch as well. You knocked him out, though, which hadn't been done for 11 years to, to Beltran. Obviously, he boxed Terence Crawford, but you managed to stop him. That must have been another big moment for you as well, Richard.
3: Yeah, it also, Yes, it is a big moment, you know what I mean? Because, you know, all we want, like, you know, I always train out and all I want is just a big opportunity to fight guys like him. You know, that will let people... Uh, see that we've got something in us, you know what I mean? And, you know, once, you, once we get these chances, like, we can, we can uh, I mean, show, showcase our talent and how hard we are built, you know what I mean? But, you know, it, it's always hard, like, uh, Ghanaians or Africans, we don't get this vision So, you know what I mean? Always going to that fight as well. And remember, he was heavier than me. He couldn't make the weight. And I was, you know what I mean? I know it's a big name. And, um it's very tough, so I train hard as well, you know what I mean, for that fight. And, you know what I mean, God give us the victory and he gave us the star. You know what I mean, that was a very tough fight.
2: Yeah, that was a brilliant win. And then, obviously, you know, the next fight against Teofimo Lopez. Um, at that point, by the way, I wasn't still, well, I wasn't 100% sure how good Teofimo was before that fight. Um, on paper, right. you were by... By far, his best opponent. Um, I didn't expect it to go the distance. I knew someone was going to probably get stopped. Um, Obviously, you lost in the second round. In my eyes, that was when Tiafimo Lopez became a real star. We don't have to speak about that because it's probably not the best memory, but it seems like you and Tiafimo are now friends. He was ringside supporting you last time, which was amazing to see.
3: right. Yeah, you know, uh, boxing, we are in there just to do our job. And once we're done, our job stays in the ring, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, like you said, like, you know, people don't really believe what happened with Sophie females before happened. But, you know what I mean, a lot going on. And, um, I mean, he was lucky he got our shot and, you know, I wasn't busy. But then, like, there's a flash knockout, which is cool. You know and, I mean, those are the things that make us, you know what I mean, that made us, you know what I mean? You go through that kind of stuff, you revive, you come back and that makes you a champion. You know what I mean? And I was yeah, I mean, it's always been uh, you know, we the fight hand in the ring and that's you, you know, we congratulated each other and you now I mean it seems like since then, you know, I saw him in the lobby after the fight the next day and I walked to him and said, Look, you did great. I mean, congratulations. I mean you deserve it, you know what I mean? And then I was very nice to him. So I think uh in a way to pay back me being uh, uh, respectful you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And ever since he's never said anything bad about me, and he's always respect me, which I also also respect him. So you know what I mean? It's always nice because it's only boxing. You know what I mean? We end up we fight in the ring, and everything ends in the ring. When we are out of the ring, you know what I mean? That this world is very small. You don't know when you're gonna meet this guy again, so we have to be friends. And it is what it is. Yeah. and
2: and and talking of your last fight obviously february 13th against jackson marines you came back with another big knockout a brutal knockout and just like that you're back in the discussion as one of the top guys in the division one of the one of the guys boxing fans want to see fight again um tell me richard what is the what is the plan next who are you looking to fight is there any names you've got on your radar
3: you know, you know, at the moment I want to be, you know what I mean, I don't like mentioning names, but I want to be a world champion, right? And I know there's a lot of these guys out there like uh Ryan Garcia and um, uh, Davis and uh, they all got titles, even so. Fimo has got a title. So I want to be a world champion again. So I'm coming after anyone who got a title and I want that, I want it. You know, I want to be a two-time world champion. So anyone who has got a title and who is willing to fight me, I'm ready to fight. Because I want to be a world champion again. So, you know what I mean? I don't really, I want to be a world champion. So, it doesn't really matter who I fight next. If it's a a title fight, I want to fight for a title.
2: Yeah, and I particularly like that Ryan Garcia fight. I, that's that's one that really excites me, you and Ryan Garcia. Um, just finally, Richard, I just want to say, if you've got any uh, closing words just before we wrap it up and finish, if you want to thank any sponsors, you want to thank anyone, you want to say anything at all to the listeners, now's the time to do so, my friend.
3: Yeah, first off, I want to thank uh, uh, the president of Ghana, his excellency Nana Akufadudankwa, I do, you know what I mean? Even though when we're in the lockdown, he did a great job by allowing me when no one is allowed to travel outside, he allowed me to go back to the States and prepare for obviously the last fight I had. So I wanna say a big thank you to him. Without him I wouldn't be able to travel outside. So and also I wanna thank my team, you know, my manager, Michael Amobidiako and Keith Colony in the US. I wanna thank uh, my trainers, Andre, Gary, Terrence, and all the guys that I trained, the guys that helped me inspire, you know, Pablo. You know, Edgar Balanga and uh, uh, Jihad and Gary. You know I mean? These guys helped me uh, get back to shape for that fight. And then I want to thank all my friends across the globe. You know, one from the U.K., one from Ghana, and one in America and everywhere, especially Amon. He has always been, you know I mean, my right hand. I knew him since uh, I was in the uh, uh, UAE. You know, I, ever since he's been my friend, he always traveled from the U.K., to America, wherever I fight you know I mean, to show the support. So, I want to thank everyone. Also, Nance is in Dubai right now. I want to say a big thank him for him. He was there. You now, I, mean, I haven't seen him for a very long time, but he traveled all the way to, uh out to see me win a world title. So, you know I mean? I thank everyone and for their support. And, yeah, I'm going to be your two-time world champion very soon.
2: And I, I believe you, my friend. Listen, Richard, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. We've been trying to make it work for a long time. The wait was worth it. God bless you, and I hope we can speak again in the future.
3: All right. Thank you. God bless
2: okay and this wraps up episode 287 of the Box Hard Podcast I've been your host Joey Coastman Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show a massive thank you to our two guests on this week's podcast one of the brightest prospects in world boxing Mr. Jaron Ennis and of course the former IBF lightweight world champion Richard Comey the biggest thanks of all though goes out to you the listeners thank you for tuning in once again there has been one or two pieces of news break whilst we've been recording the show Anthony Yard makes his ring return on April 24th against the undefeated 17-0 German Emin Atra of his 17 wins so only two guys have had winning records and he also hasn't boxed since December 2019 but I guess Yard deserves an easy comeback fight and that's also on the same card as Callum Johnson's first fight with Frank Warren so imagine that collision course there Um, in other news James Tennyson is boxing on the Chisora Parker undercard May the 1st he takes on Giovanni Straffon but that's about everything from myself enjoy your weekends people stay safe and we shall see you all again next week